And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I I bring you good news of joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly three there were was with the angel a multitude a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. When the angels went away from the from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Lord has made known to us. And they and they went wait Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child and all who heard it, wondering at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them into her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all what they heard and seen, and it had been told them. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I grab my stand here. We uh, love to involve kids in our worship service whenever we can, and uh, tonight, of course, is no exception to that. Uh, You know, there's a lot about Christmas that makes us think of childhood. We think it's for kids. It's actually not just for kids, and I'll explain that in just a little bit. But when I was a kid, I I was thinking back and remembered a time that, uh, well, because I was pretty smart, I figured that I cracked the Santa code, and I would ask Santa for a million dollars, right? That would... Like, he can give me anything he wants, right? He can give me anything in all the world. So I'm going to ask him for a million dollars. But I had seen it in a movie somewhere that I made sure that it was tax-free and in unmarked bills. And uh, I also asked, you know, I kind of was very considerate. I figured that all that cash would also be pretty heavy and, and large. So I said, you know, you can condense it into little pellets uh, that I just add water to, and it'll expand like in my bathtub or something. And I, I don't know. I just remember asking Santa for that one year. Now, why in the world would I do that? Well, I think just like like anybody, not just any child, any adult too, we can kind of think of, of something that we might have, and we think, oh, if I have that, my life will be so much better. And I, even though I really had everything I needed in life, I still felt like there was something missing. And I figured a million bucks would probably do the trick. A million bucks could probably cover my, uh, all of my needs. 
Now, there's probably something for each of us right now, today, that if, if that was given to you, like you're thinking, oh, if only this was in my life, I would be content. Maybe it's a dollar figure in your bank account, maybe it's a certain gadget or, a, or clothes or whatever it may be, that you'll finally feel like you have enough, right? This is for kids and for grown-ups too. Like we all want things like this, don't we? And we think that we'll finally be content. And we think if we're content, then our life will change. And you know what? It's so true. If we are content, our life would change tremendously. If we didn't feel like we still, there was still something we still needed out there, our minds would be free. Like, we, we, what would we think about if we weren't thinking about the next thing we need? Our relationships would be different because we would approach them not thinking, how can I get some benefit from this person, but just, well, how can I bless this person? How can I be, we would be so much more generous and, and our, our minds, our hearts would be less encumbered by stuff that we want, right? Contentment does free us up when wanting things weighs us down. Well, the kind of contentment that I wanted when I asked for a million dollars from Santa, I'm talking about right here tonight. We've heard it in the scripture. We've sung about it. It's found in the promises of God, the promises of God from thousands of years ago that were fulfilled in the birth of Christ, in his life, his death, his resurrection. And there are more promises of God still that will be fulfilled. And if we hook our hopes into those instead of the promises that the world will offer us for temporary comfort, we can walk out of here content, and that can change our lives. Now, um, so we're going to look at at this passage really quick. Uh, We're going to look at the angels in the sky and the king in the manger. The angels in the sky and the king in the manger, hopefully my voice will hold out at least for five more minutes. But now, uh, for the angels in the sky, like the, here's the thing, that the shepherds are out in the fields and this angel appears. Now, the word for appear here, like I don't know if you knew, but uh, the Bible is not originally written in English, but in Greek. And the, the Greek word they use, it means very sudden. It means like a surprise. Now, my wife is pretty awesome. She's pretty and she's awesome. She's pretty awesome. Now, and she learned through the years that I secretly like surprise birthday parties for me. Uh, now, she's thrown more than a couple as a result. But in the early years of our relationship, she asked when she asked if I liked them, I said, yes, but don't shock me. Like, give me some hints. Like, drop some subtle hints. Make it look like, make me suspect it just a little bit, because I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm genuinely shocked and surprised. Like, that just seems uncomfortable. You, I'm the kind of guy, you go to a theme park, an amusement park, I want to go on the deadliest roller coaster there is. That sounds like so much fun to me. Because with all the twists and turns and sudden drops, I know I'm on a roller coaster, right? I, I, I know it's going to happen. But if you take me as a passenger in your car and give me the same twists and turns and sudden drops, I might not respond the same way. I might be a little scared. Well, these, uh, these shepherds had no warning whatsoever. No warning that this angel was going to come. So they were terrified uh, suddenly out of nowhere. It wasn't their surprise birthday party, but it was someone's. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. Angels are God's messengers. Uh, Airline pilots wear a pilot uniform. 
angels' uniforms are like the glory of God. Whenever, you see, whenever angels interact with human beings in Scripture, somehow the glory of the Lord comes with them. It's like their uniform. It's the way that people knew this is not just somebody dressed up pretending to be an angel. This is somebody who really is speaking on behalf of the living God. The God who created galaxies upon galaxies and everything in them. You know, NASA says that so far astronomers have found more than 500 solar systems in our own Milky Way galaxy. Like solar systems, like we are in a solar system. We are one of eight and a half planets, or I don't know what Pluto is now. I keep forgetting. In a solar system, they've found more than 500 in the Milky Way. And they think that there could be tens of billions of solar systems more in the Milky Way, maybe even a hundred billion other solar systems. And there are more galaxies than just the Milky Way galaxy. So you think about how small Earth is, how small we are on Earth. And God made it all. And he also understands things better than we do to the finest detail, microbiology and chemistry and all the smallest things. That God That God who made it all, that God who made us in his image to be like him, in his image, like when you feel compassion for somebody, that's because we're made in his image, in the image of a compassionate God. When you long for justice, uh, that's because we're made in the image of a just God who will, in the end, work justice ultimately for all. That God reached down to earth. He made covenants with people like you and me to bless us, to be His. That God who is great in power and great in love and compassion. The angels are spending time with Him. So whatever that glory looks like, it came with this angel. And it was clear this was a message from God. And they were terrified. Excuse me. Whenever angels appear to someone... Whenever the glory of the Lord is seen by someone, it's a terrifying experience. It's wonderful, beautiful, yes, but terrifying. I suppose it's a little bit like how people freeze when they meet their favorite celebrity in the world. I don't think I've necessarily done that. I've met somewhat famous people, like they weren't my favorite celebrity, but they were somewhat famous, and I just, I can't remember what I said. I'm sure it was really dumb. Uh, but you just kind of, you kind of lose it all. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm so insignificant, and uh, right, well, in, in, when you look at in Joshua, in Isaiah, in Revelation, when, when in the Gospels, when people see the glory of the Lord, it, it's almost like you know that God knows you. You know that God sees you and, and, and knows everything about you. Everything that, that we can hide pretty well uh, around other people uh, knows not just the things we've done, but, but the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts, Right? It's a terrifying experience, which is why the angels say, do not fear. We have good news. We have great news that a a child is born. And so we're going to talk about this this king in the manger for a couple minutes. This, This king was a son of David, being born in the city of David. He was going to be a savior. He was going to be Christ. He was going to be the Lord. And it would make sense that all of these would be come together in one person. But what probably surprised them is this wonderful angelic announcement ended with this line that this baby would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
incredible glory beyond our imagination. Not in a palace, not in the nicest hotel, but wrapped in normal baby clothes, maybe even lower quality than typical, and lying in a manger, like a feeding trough. And we can, often we, you know, we, we do the thing with animals, we talk about a, a stable and all that, and that, that, the rest of that is just kind of a guess because it's a, it's a manger. It could have been in an alleyway, just anywhere Jesus could have been born somewhere and placed in this manger anywhere. This is not who they were expecting. That the infinite would be wrapped in what was finite. That the immortal would wrap himself in humanity and mortality so that we who are mortal might be clothed in immortality. The Word became flesh. The Lord became lowly. Now, what was to come? What was this king to bring? but peace on earth. Now they had, Israel had been oppressed by Rome for many years, for generations off and on, they were oppressed or occupied by somebody. The only sense of peace that Israel had was political peace based on who was in power. It was all about, it was all relative. It's like doing the best we can with who we have in power. But this king would change things, would bring peace Peace in abundance. The Hebrew word shalom, which is not just tranquility, but blessing and contentment because you feel like everything in life is great. It's not necessarily wealth or riches, but it is a sense that everything is going well, like you have enough. And when these shepherds came to see Jesus, they told Mary what had had happened, and I mean, she is just bottling it all up. She loves it. She's, she's wanting, wow, this, this Messiah really is, this baby of mine really is the Messiah. And lastly, the shepherds went back changed. They went back glorifying God, it said. The way they, the way they did work, the way they did life, it all changed. This Savior could bring them peace. This Savior gave them some kind of contentment, something they knew they longed for. Maybe they thought if they were not a shepherd anymore, but something else, they'd have contentment. But they still left this uh, manger, left the presence of Jesus, went back to being shepherds with this contentment. They were still who they were before, but God had given them this peace in their life. This is what we need because God just doesn't give us a list of rules to follow. He didn't just give us ideas that are nice to think about. God literally gave us himself. He gave us his own body. He took on a body and gave it to us. The Son of God who made the world and holds the world in his hands became man and was held in the hands of his own creation, newly married, inexperienced parents, and not in a palace but out in the street somewhere. Every struggle we have, everything that makes us discontent in some way or another, it's all because the world is broken and because our hearts are divided between all kinds of things and the God who made us. And when we, the more and more our heart looks to God for contentment, the more of that peace we have. Why? Because Jesus came not only to become a man, but to give us his body even in his death. 
And upon dying, and upon because he had sinned not ever, he rose again and gives us not just peace, but victory over the grave, a different kind of shalom ushering us one day into eternal life. Well, there will be no more ache for what is missing, for in that day we will have all that we need. So we can decide today whether to maneuver for peace on our own strength, to maneuver for shalom by what we can do, what we can grab in front of us. There are many small S saviors that offer themselves to you constantly. A million dollars won't save you from discontent. You know, we often say that you know, it's not what you have at Christmas, it's being with those you love the most. Uh, and and, and that, that is so true. And even then, the best relationships on earth are, are not perfect. But it is true that a million dollars won't save you from discontent. But what does, what does fill that gap is a restored and vibrant relationship with God. To know that because of what Jesus did for us, we have peace with God. And when we're in Him, He'll throw in all of heaven's riches for all eternity to go with it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we close our evening, we pray that You would indeed fix our hearts and our minds upon You. You say that when we fix our minds upon You, that You will keep our hearts in perfect peace when we lean on You because You are the rock, the rock eternal. We can trust You. Father, You long for us to, ha- to trust You. You long for us to have hope and to find our hope and joy in You. We pray that that indeed would be true of us. And as we, I pray, leave, leave more content knowing and being reminded of what Your Son, Jesus, did for us. And, and I pray that some who are here will 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 have their relationship with you restored, or if they haven't yet uh, made a connection with you relationally, that they would pray to you and, and, and give their heart to you and seek you alone for the first time even for that contentment which you only can give. Father, may this be a Christmas of true peace for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.